Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 225 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today, we're talking all about gratitude, specifically gratitude for our bodies. If you can shift to a mindset of gratitude, you will be absolutely amazed how it transforms your running and also the rest of your life. Stay tuned. This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so the topic of the day is gratitude and how it can completely transform everything in your life, but especially your running. Obviously, you guys are listening to the Real Life Runners podcast here, so we're specifically going to be talking about how gratitude for your body can completely shift your entire relationship with running. So we actually have a special treat for you, um, and we are going to give you a little bit of an insight and a sneak peek inside our Real Life Runners training team. So inside a Real Life Runners training team, every month we we have a specific topic that we focus on and for November we're focusing on gratitude so here is actually the call recording from one of our team calls this month um, and we would love to share it with you because it was such a powerful call and we really think that everyone that listens to the podcast could also benefit from this so stay tuned and enjoy all right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our coaching call for the month of November, November 9th. Our topic today is gratitude, specifically gratitude for our bodies. Okay. Really t- talking about how we can apply gratitude to our body in order to get the results that we want in our life and also to just appreciate everything that's going on with, with us and what's going on in our life. And, you know, last week we talked a lot about what gratitude can do for our brain and what it can do for our mind, right? And really how the brain, the way that it's wired, okay? The way that the brain is wired is that it looks for whatever you tell it to, all right? So there are a million different things going around, going on around you right now at this moment. And your brain is filtering out 95% of them, okay? And that's because of what's called the reticular activating system in your brain. Okay. It actually filters out things that you don't think are important. And you are the one that gets to tell your brain what's important, right? So an example of this would be, you know, if you want to go, if you're looking at a new car, right. And say you want to get a white SUV, all of a sudden you're going to see all of the white SUVs on the road, right? Now those didn't, didn't just magically appear. They were always there. Your brain just filtered them out because it didn't think that they were important, right? Same thing. If you're going to buy a house, if you're trying to, to buy a house, you probably notice every single for sale sign as you're driving down the road. But if you're not looking to buy a house, you probably don't, you couldn't set, tell me how many houses are for sale in your neighborhood, right? So your brain is automatically going to look for whatever you want it to focus on, whatever you tell it to look for. So this is a really, really powerful system. And when we realize this, we can, this is how we use the power of our brain to get whatever we want in our life, right? To focus on the things that we want, because whatever you focus on, you are going to get more of, right? So if you focus on the ways that things aren't going the way you want, if you focus on um, how you don't like your body or or things to that effect, you're going to get more results that align with that because that's what you've been telling your brain. And this is why gratitude is so powerful because by starting to 
notice things in your life that you're grateful for, that you're thankful for, you start to shift your brain. You start to shift your brain to actually look for those things in your life that are good and that you want to be grateful for. Yeah, gratitude for body is, is an interesting one because as, as runners where we talk so much about like your, your effort levels and tuning into your body and recognizes these different aspects of, of the training system, you really gain this deep connection of, you know, aches and pains within the body and trying to figure out which ones are good and which ones you can push through. And it's weird because by bringing such awareness to it, sometimes people are like, Oh no, no, I started my run and I was three minutes in and this was super sore. And it's just that we're so aware of our body by flipping to gratitude, by flipping to the awareness of the positives around us, uh, like Angie pointed out, you can almost blur out some of these things of like, oh, well, I often get a side stitch when I hit mile four and focus on like some of the positive aspects and you'll start sensing like how strong you feel, how your breath is going good, how your legs are feeling strong, how your calves are feeling good, like whatever the thing is, focus on the positive aspects of yourself rather than dive into any sort of little aches and pains, especially if you get into racing because the aches and pains come up. And focusing on them is just going to make you find even more aches and pains inside your body. Yeah, exactly. And like, this is one of the big shifts that really helped me when I was racing and when I was doing like hard speed workouts is shifting my brain to tell, tell myself, like, this is how it's supposed to feel. This means I'm doing it right. Right. Like when that pain comes up, when that discomfort comes up and I need to keep pushing, right. I, I used to tell myself like, oh my God, this hurts. Like, <laughs> when is it going to be over? This is terrible, right? Like all of those negative thoughts that we have going through our brain. And I decided to shift it to, this is how it's supposed to feel. This is a sign I'm doing it correctly, right? Because racing's not, doesn't feel good, right? Like, I mean, there are parts of racing that feel good, depending on what your goal is for that race, depending on how long the race is, right? But racing a 5K is kind of a painful experience, right? Like you're, you're putting your body, if you're really trying to push, you're trying to put your body right at the edge of that, like orange and red zone, right? Like that red line, um, where you just like go over, you're really trying to ride that line as long as you can. That's like the whole point of like racing a 5k, right. For and, and holding it for as long as you can. And that's uncomfortable, right? So being able to stay in that discomfort, is something that um, is a very powerful thing that we need to do. And, you know, being grateful for our bodies and, and that kind of thing can help us to do that, right? Starting to shift our mind to those things, like what Kevin was saying, trying to focus on the parts that are going well, instead of the parts that aren't going well, right? Like if you feel the side stitch or if you feel the cramp, sure. If you focus on that thing, it's probably going to get worse, right? Like you're, you're, cause you're giving it more attention. But if you try to focus on something that is going well, whether that's the scenery around you, whether it's something else in your body, there's different techniques that you can use that you you might notice that that side stitch might start to like let up a bit, right? Or that cramp. Well, this is the connection between gratitude, uh, focusing on the mind, gratitude, focusing on the body. You can't really draw a clear line between the two of these, especially of when you're running. Like, this is the sensation I've got. Okay, but how would you like to address that? Like, oh, well, that's a sensation in my body. I'm going to ignore that now. Like, oh, this is, this is the side stitch that came up. You can be grateful for the fact that you're out there running 
you can be grateful for the fact that you're able to breathe, that your muscles are working correctly. And then you can just leave that pain of your side stitch over here and flip over to some other aspects, the gratitude for being in a race, the gratitude for getting to the starting line, the gratitude for the scenery and the people running around you. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens on, on a speed work or a long run or anything where stuff starts to get achy and sore. You can be grateful for all sorts of stuff rather than have to dive into like, oh man, that side stitch came. Oh, it came up again. I had this yesterday and it's back and that's going to last the whole run. Now you're diving down a spiral instead of having any sort of gratitude and appreciation for the moment, which don't get me wrong, is tough when you get that stabbing side stitch, but you can still have some gratitude for a lot of other things going on in that situation. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the thing that I really love about gratitude also is that it's very empowering, you know, like what, like what you were saying, Kevin, if you get that side stitch or that cramp, right. And you start to go down that spiral, all of a sudden you've lost all of your power to whatever that thing is, right. You've given all of your power to that side stitch saying you gave your power to your diaphragm. Yeah. This side stitch is now the reason that my race is not going to go well. Right. But like you have so many other body parts and a brain that can get you through this, right? Because the side stitch is not going to kill you. This is one of the things that we tell our cross-country kids every year. We're like, if you are having a stabbing pain, we want you to stop. Unless it's right here under your rib cage. Then you just need to keep going and you have to learn how to deal with it. And there was one girl on our team this year who would get, she was getting a side stitch every race at the beginning of the year. And she finally hit the point where she stopped getting them, you know, and she was like, I didn't get a side stitch today. And we're like, yeah, because you kept, you're obviously in better shape now, but it's also because you kept pushing through those other ones. Right. And like, and I was having a conversation with their mom with um, a couple sets of twins on the team. And I was having a conversation with the mom and both of them have had issues like one, you know, with some shins. And I was like, honestly, I said, they have become so mentally tough over the course of this season because they've learned how to push through pain. They've learned how to accept discomfort. And we knew like that it's not, you know, them running on those with, with those aches and pains that they had, it's not going to make anything worse. Right. So we're not going to put these kids in danger in any way. Right. But it's like, can you learn how to push through the pain and the discomfort? Right. And gratitude can definitely help, but I want to shift it um, a little bit to gratitude for our bodies just as is, right? Because I think that a lot of times I know that this is my story. Okay. My story is I first came to running because I didn't like my body. I didn't like the way that it looked. I didn't like its shape. I didn't like the extra weight that I carried on my midsection. Um, and so I came into running to try to change my body. And it was definitely not out of love or gratitude for my body. It was definitely out of dislike and wanting to change it. And I, that beginning of my running journey was no, was no fun. You know, like it, it wasn't fun. I um, wasn't consistent with it because it was, it felt like punishment. Right. And so when you can switch over to a mindset of gratitude for your body and what it's able to do, that in my opinion, is the key to sustainable consistency for the rest of your life, right? Because so many times people out there are like, oh, I just, I don't have the motivation. Like I'm just searching for motivation. Like I talk to people all day long on Instagram, you know, like that are sending me DMs and different things like that. And they're like, oh, I just need to be motivated. I'm like, you just need to love your body more and like understand that you have a gift 
to be able to run. And once you realize that like, oh my gosh, like not everybody can do this. I am so grateful that I have a body that's able to do this. I am so grateful that I'm in a place where I have the freedom to go outside and run, you know, and not be limited. A lot of people lost that freedom, right? Over lockdowns and stuff. There were a lot of people that were not allowed to leave their homes and they really understood that. So when we can approach our body with a sense of gratitude for all that it is, all that it can do, um, you know, all that it's going to be in the future, all that it does for us on a daily basis, it completely transforms the way that you look at your workouts, your workout routines, your consistency, right? Because all of a sudden now you're doing them from this place of self-love and from wanting to take care of yourself and for gratitude for the body that you've been given, for the health that you've been given, right? Thank goodness none of us are, you know, in the hospital right now, right? We are healthy individuals and the gift that we have to run, if we can focus on how special that is, it can really just start to transform everything in the rest of your life as well. Yeah. The beginning of your running journey was an interesting one because you kept confusing me on things. You'd go out, you'd have a good run and then you'd be like disappointed because from one day to the next one three mile run did not make physical changes to your body in the mirror. Yeah. And I'm looking at your run and I'm like, man, she crushed some strides at the end of it. Looked like she was having a blast, but from one day to the next, it was not getting why you had gotten into running. Right. To or me, I got into running because I was like, it's, it's fun. I like to do all these different things. And so you were achieving those things that were part of the reason that brought joy to my running. And I couldn't figure out why you weren't getting the same level of joy and satisfaction back from it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's why I think it's important for us to all like own our own story. Right. Um, but I, I do think that we all can get to this place of gratitude, right? Like whether or not you, you want to lose weight, if, if that's part of your story, or you want to get stronger, or you want to gain weight, like there are a lot of people that are the opposite way, you know, that have a hard time keeping weight on. Um, and, or like when they run a certain distance, their body starts to get a little achy and pain. They're like, oh, my body's failing me. Right. Like these are some of the immediate things that people start to think and, or, oh, I'm getting too old for this. Or, oh, I, I just can't run this distance anymore. Oh, this, or, oh, oh, that. Right. And if we can just shift to like, I am so thankful that I'm able to do what I'm able to do right now what do I need to do in order for me to progress? Right. And like, just continuously shift back to that, that piece of gratitude for our body and for everything that it's able to do. And then from that place of gratitude and love, then progress, right. Then figure out, okay, how do I need, what do I need to do to get better? Right. A lot of people think that um, they have to dislike something in order to change it. And it's, to me, I believe it's the opposite. I believe that once we really appreciate and love something, then we can change from that place of love and change from a place of growth, wanting, you know, more growth, more goodness for ourselves and more goodness that we can then share with the world. That is a much more motivating place to be. It's, it's, it's where you don't need motivation because it's just like inherently there. It's, it's just yeah. that, that need for growth. Yeah. That gratitude inside you, that appreciation for who you are allows you to actually grow beyond that. 
Otherwise you you're sad with where you are and you just try and stay stuck inside of this shell. Like you refuse to grow out of it. Like I'm disappointed with where I am. So I'm just going to hunker down here, which is the complete opposite of what you're going for. Like if I'm not happy with where I am, I actually want to, to change out of that, but you're not happiness prevents you from ever attempting to grow. You're just stuck in this sort of wallowing. I'm just going to be, you know, sad and frustrated over here and never try and go out of it. The appreciation, the the joy of where you currently are allows you to keep moving forward. Joy of where you are, the joy of looking back. I know we talked about don't, don't do the comparison, but sometimes seeing some of the amazing things that you've accomplished lets you know, wow, I didn't, I never thought I would have been able to accomplish that thing. Mm-hmm. So now from where I'm at, I never think I could accomplish this next thing, but I've already done these crazy accomplishments before that I thought were clearly impossible at the time and I did them. So what else could I do? Maybe not today, but it's something that with appreciation from where I am, from where I've come from, where else can I continue to go to? Yeah. Um, my coach, Brooke Castillo, who you guys, if you're following along with the training Academy lesson, she's the one that runs the life coach school where, you know, we get our life coaching model, our self coaching model. Um, it's less than 1.4 inside the training Academy. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would highly suggest it. So basically what she does is she takes these universal principles and she just puts them into what she calls the model to help us make sense of our world. And one of the things that she says is that if you want Like you should never leave something, whether it's a marriage, a job, a a house, whatever it might be. You should never leave something until you're happy there, right? Because so many times we want to change our circumstance because we think that the circumstance is what's causing our unhappiness or, um, you know, those negative feelings that we might be having, right? But if you're just someone, this is what all of us as humans do. until you, until we learn, until we learn this and like actually get onto our brains, we all think it's the circumstance that's causing our feelings. When in reality, it's your thoughts that create your feelings and you can be happy in any given circumstance in your life. If you are having the right thoughts, right? So she basically encourages people to get happy in whatever situation that you're currently in. And then once you're happy there, if you want to leave, leave, right? It doesn't mean that you have to stay there, but it means that you need to do the thought work first, because if you don't do the thought work to get happy in that current circumstance, then you're not going to be happy in the next one either, right? Like you're just, it's going to follow you along. Maybe you'll be happy for a little while, but then those other thoughts will come back, right? Because it's not the thoughts, it's not the circumstance, right? You might be in what you might consider a negative work environment, right? Like with a a boss or a supervisor that doesn't like you or you, that you think doesn't like you. So if you think your boss doesn't like you, how's that going to make you feel? Right. Whereas if you just start to change that thought of like, okay, like maybe he does like me or, um, you know, maybe he's just doing his job or maybe he actually doesn't he doesn't dislike me, right? Like we could go there. Maybe he's not like, maybe I'm not his favorite person, but he probably doesn't dislike me. Like, you know, there's different ways that we can change our thoughts that will then change our feelings about that circumstance, right? So um, kind of where this going back to that is that you have to be, it's, it's all about controlling the power of your thoughts and harnessing in those thoughts, which is again, where that gratitude feeling can come in. Like when we think thoughts, that can create a feeling of gratitude within us, 
that is a very powerful place to be. Because then from that place of gratitude, what are our actions? You know, how are we acting when we are in that feeling of gratitude? And then will those actions lead us to the results that we want to have in our lives? Yeah. And then, you know, to connect this right back to gratitude for the body, being happy with where you are, that that's a number on a scale. Like that's the direct comparison on that one. And it goes to, you know, your race times being a number on a clock, your weight being a number on a scale. If you're not happy with the current number, if you take two numbers off of that, are you suddenly going to be happier? Like if you've run a half marathon in two hours, you're like, oh yeah, that was good. Uh, I wonder if I could do it faster. And now you do it in 159. You're like, huh, that's awesome. But I wonder if I could do it faster. Like if your weight keeps dipping, then you start getting to that. Well, that was good, but should I get even lower? And it starts, if you're not happy with where you are, being a pound lighter is not suddenly going to be the thing that brings joy. Like yeah. that's not it. Then you're, then you're saying that literally a scale on the floor is your source of happiness. And right. that makes no sense. And all of the power is then in the scale, right? Which makes no <laughs> sense. I mean, like this, she, I was listening to one of her podcasts today and she, cause the way, the whole way that she started in life coaching was um, through weight loss. You know, she was a weight loss coach and she's like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like the weight, that number on the scale is, is literally a neutral circumstance, right? Because I've had people come to me that said that they hate their bodies and they're a big fat slob and they weigh 300 pounds. And then I've had people come to me and say that they hate their bodies and they're a big fat slob and they weigh a hundred pounds, right? Like, so it literally doesn't matter what that weight is because it's however you're thinking about that weight that is then going to create the feelings, the actions, the results. So when you're thinking that, like, I'm a big fat slob, right? And I can't control myself around food, or I'm always going to be overeating or all these things, right? The, then you start to feel powerless, you start to feel defeated, you start to feel, you know, um, depressed, maybe. And then a lot of times when you feel those types of emotions, what's the action? usually overeating, right? Eating. That's what, that's what le leads a lot of people to be overweight in the first place is that emotional eating, right? They, they eat because they're feeling these negative emotions. They don't want to feel the negative emotions. So they eat instead. And then the result is that they gain more weight, right? So they literally feel bad about being overweight. And then those bad feelings cause them to eat more and continue to be overweight, right? So it's not that it's not that circumstance. It's the thought about it that makes all the difference. And, and again, that feeling, right? So if we going back to gratitude for our body, gratitude is a feeling, right? So what thought do we need to think in order for us to feel grateful for our body, right? Is it that my body is strong? Is it that look what I can do now that I wasn't able to do a year ago? Um, you know, there's so many different thoughts. And I would love to hear um, in the chat box, if you guys have any examples of like, what are some thoughts that you can think that will make you feel grateful for your body? I would love to hear um, some input there. Um, for me, it's, I love being strong. That's one of my go-to thoughts, whether it's weight training, you know, or um, going out and running. I just like on the days that I don't feel like doing it, one of my go-to thoughts is I love being a strong girl, <laughs> like a strong woman, you know, like, and that, that strength is both physical and mental, but, you know, on those days that I don't feel like it, I'm like, but I'm, this is who I am, you know, and that goes back to that core identity, identity, right? That's at the core of all of it. And that's really where so many of our thoughts come from. And by changing our thoughts, we can begin to shift our, our identity as well. 
into one that we really feel aligned with. Yeah, that, that gratitude for the for the body and you know, paying attention to the food that we're putting into it and things like that. Yes. There's there's the world of eating disorders, but then there's the gray area of disordered eating. And that's a trickier, dangerous place. Yeah. One of the women that I follow on on social media, she's an ultra marathon runner who has struggled with actually clinically diagnosed eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And she was running hundred mile races. So the amount of calories you need to put into your body during hundred mile races, forget the physical challenge of covering that distance and the mental fatigue of trying to stay focused while covering that distance she would do that, but every time she would eat at like a, a stop along the way, every time she was feeling herself, she felt bad about the like super sugary calories that she was putting in. Cause that's how you fuel. It's like all these processed high sugar things that she's taking into her body. So she had to like, she was hospitalized cause it got so bad. She's now 10 years removed. She just had a post the other day. It was fantastic. Um, she's training for what's known as the world's toughest mutter. It's like a tough mutter, but it's also a hundred miles. Oh my God. So it's both. Wow. And it's going to be so cold. She has to wear a wetsuit for part of it. And she went to put on her wetsuit and she couldn't fit into it because she's stronger at this point. Her arms are big. Everything about her is a little bit bigger. She goes, and I briefly started to spiral because I thought, oh no, I can't fit in this wetsuit. And I know what I accomplished then. How will I ever be able to do it now? And then I stopped and I realized I could buy a new wetsuit. The wetsuit doesn't determine what I can do. It's just a wetsuit. Like, <laughs> Wait, that's I all can it is. Buy a new wetsuit, but like I'm just gonna buy a new wetsuit, and then I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna fight to win this tough mutter in my brand new wetsuit. But like, isn't that the craziest thing, right? The power that we then give away to the wetsuit or that pair of jeans that we maybe can't fit into. Who was I? Uh, I was the pair talking of jeans. To- Oh, it was a friend of mine who, okay. So a friend of mine in my running group has been really, really working on her strength. This girl has just gotten like so muscular. She used to be like thinner, but she really wanted to put on muscle because she loves doing like obstacle course races. And so she was, she, um, she posts like body pictures, like every month and how she's progressing and stuff. And she, she put one up the other day about like some pants that she was trying to fit in and like, she couldn't fit into the pants anymore because her, she's thicker, you know, in her, her butt and her thighs, right. Because of the muscle, Mm -hmm. like, it's not because she's, I mean, she has gained weight, but it's not because like she's gained fat, like her fat percentage is decreased as compared to, you know, where her body was two years ago when she weighed like 15 or 20 pounds less, right? She's gained 15 to 20 pounds, but it's muscle. And because her muscle, you know, muscle to fat ratio and her lean body mass, that is down compared to where she was, you know, back then. So it's like crazy, right? So she's probably wearing a bigger size in her jeans than she was two years ago, but she's so much happier with her body right now, because this is what she was going for. She wanted to be more muscular and stronger. Right. But it's that being said awareness of what it is that you want. You right, don't want to fit back into those jeans. She wanted to change the way her body looked, but at the same time, it's so conditioned in our brain that smaller is better. Like for so many of us with diet culture and all those kinds of things, right? Like I think that when you see that number going up, whether it's the size, whether it's the scale, it's still, even though, you know, you're doing the right things, 
you have to watch your brain, right? Because I think that we're so conditioned to that being a bad thing, to the size going up or the scale going up, that that is bad. But in reality, it could actually be exactly what you need to do in order to achieve your goals. Like Kevin and I just had this conversation. That's what um, I was going to say. We just had this conversation ourselves, just the two of us. Go ahead. Tell them. So I'm working on trying to run longer and longer distances. And I know that there's no way I can hit my goal distance at my current body weight. I will not have enough storage on me to run as far as I want, as fast as I want. So I have to go. What do you want to do? I'm going to run the Keys 100. That's a 100 mile race. Goes from Key Largo all the way to Key West. It's a hundred mile race. You just go. Yeah. And he wants to win the thing. Okay. And I'm just going to put it out there (laughs) because yes, that's your goal. And here's the thing. Kevin, Kevin, you guys see what Kevin's like, what, 2%, 3% body fat, right? Like for him to race this, and this is one of the things that we've talked about for you to do this race, you have to have more weight on you. Like you just do like, and so his goal is he needs to gain about 10 pounds before that race, which is kind of a big statement for me to put out there like that. It doesn't sound right for me to say, I'm going to get into this longer distance race. So I need to put on 10 pounds. Right. But that's what needs to happen. Right. Like depending on the distances, there are certain ways that there are weights that will be more beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Adding in a whole bunch more muscle and just carrying more weight, not because I put on muscle, but literally just because I'm carrying more weight on my body yep. will be a better, healthier way for me to start to try to tackle that course. Yeah. And what's I, your brain telling you about that? Because I want you guys to understand that, again, circumstance, right? Everybody, I know when people look at Kevin or like thinner people, right? Like we've got some people on our team. I've got friends that are like this. They have a hard time putting weight on a lot of times, right? And everyone's like, oh, I wish I had that problem. That's like the number one comment that we hear, right? Like, oh, poor you, you know? But like, he's got his own mental struggles around this too. Yeah. like to Totally like outing you right now. I know. (laughs) I know it's okay. I can pull it together before a group of high school kids come in and judge me. Um, cause they're just high school kids. So no one cares. No. Uh, like that, that's, I mean, that's such a thing is who around you really like, whose opinion do you really care about? Like I'm checking in with Angie, not because she's judging how my body looks, but because I trust her so much to make sure that I am taking care of myself And she's able to check in with my brain and make sure that as the number on the scale does in fact start increasing, that I'm still okay up here because that's not always been the case for me. Like early college, it was like, okay, I don't know if I can keep up with these guys in the team. Maybe if I could just cut a little bit, I'll be able to keep up a little bit better, which is a really weird thought because the number one guy on my team was really built. Like he was not one of the rails that you would see out at some of these cross country courses. But in my head, that was still this thought. It came probably from early in high school that leaner and thinner, that was going to get me faster. And it's still there. So my goal distance, my goal races have changed slightly. And now I have to put on more weight and it's weird. And it's something that I have to literally with, with most meals of what it is that I want to put on my plate, that thought comes up on a regular basis of, am I putting the appropriate things into my body? And it's getting better because I'm, I'm not 
as fixated on, oh, it needs to be exactly this and exactly that, because it never does. It never has to be exactly this and exactly that going into your body. You just need to make sure that you are fueling your body with good, nutritious foods and enough of them. And that's pretty much the details that you need. Good, nutritious foods and enough of them. Did I go for a long run? I probably need more good, nutritious foods than I had the day before. Yeah. You know, and Angie and I were talking about this one the other night too, of fueling on days where you don't go on a long run, but you know, that long run is the next day, Mm -hmm. like the day before the long run fuel. And then the day of the long run fuel, both of those days are really important to make sure that you're getting enough, especially carbohydrates into you. And we live in this world right now where everyone's like, ah, carbs are evil. And you're like, okay, but I'm going to run 15 miles on Sunday morning. So I have to have some carbs on Saturday and I have to have a bunch of carbs on Sunday so that I can actually take care of my body as a runner. Mm -hmm. And that person over there that's saying carbs are evil, didn't run 15 miles. They didn't run any miles. So maybe for them, carbs are not the correct answer, but for me, they, they are. Yeah. And this is what I love to tell people, you know, about their diet is like, you are not a normal human being. Like you're a runner. Like we are not normal humans. Like, right. Like let's be honest with ourselves here. We are an exceptional bunch. Like who does what we do, you know? So you, what might be healthy for someone else, which may be a low carbohydrate diet for someone else, right. Is not what your body needs as a runner. Like that's just not what, what you need. You have to eat differently. You have to sleep differently. You have to strength train differently, all of those things. Right. But if this is the lifestyle that you want is this is the identity that you've chosen for yourself, then that's what comes along with it. Right. Like, and going back to this identity, like I love um, what Lori says here too. I'm also embracing the thought that I am strong at those. I am statements, right? Those are so powerful. I am strong. I've been more dedicated to my strength workouts. And as I'm walking around, I feel the strength in my legs and my core. It's great. I know Becky, you've told me that a bunch of times too, right? Of like just those daily, the changes that you've noticed in your daily life, right? From all of this, um, Lori says, because I embraced, I am strong. I look forward to my strength workouts and want to do them instead of procrastinating or skipping them. Exactly. So that's the thought. I am strong, right? That makes you feel strong. That makes you feel, you know, motivated, which then leads to the action of looking forward to and doing your strength workouts, which gives you the result of improving your strength, which then reinforces that identity of being strong, right? Like that's such a beautiful thing. Um, I love what Sue says here too. Um, this morning when I woke up, my knee was bothering. My first thought was dang, my knee is bothering me, but I caught myself and changed that to glad I'm working on my strength. Yeah. Which is great. And Kevin, this is like one of the things that I wanted you to kind of touch on too, is like, you know, that identity, I think this is part of what you were talking about before is that that identity of like being like the skinny kid, right? I think that that was a big part of this hesitation and like mental block that you had towards gaining weight as well. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been the skinny kid forever. Like I was the skinny kid in kindergarten. Like I've always been the skinny kid. And so and and I don't think that putting on 10 pounds is going to actually make me not the skinny kid anymore. I don't think so. But it's so. still I, just like, weird I, I to say yeah. putting on 10 pounds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to change. Like, it's going to change your body a bit, you know, but I don't think it's going to change it that much. You're just because you're going to get more muscular too. I've, I've been that weight before when we had our first kid, I was that weight when both of us were lifting a whole bunch more and I was not running as much. You weighed that much when we had Riley. I did. I thought that you um, hadn't weighed that since college. 
I weighed that at the end of my freshman year, also in college, but that was for very, very different reasons. All right. So back to gratitude. But so, yeah, I think that's, you know, gratitude for the entire journey of our body, I think is important when, if we want to just kind of wrap this up, it's like being grateful for, like, if you were overweight in the past, be grateful for that time, because that's gotten you to where you are today, right? Like we can also be grateful for those past events. I think a lot of times we look back and in, if we look back at past events or past things that happened, um, sometimes we have like negative feelings around them when we think back, whatever it might be. Right. Um, but I, I would encourage you now, this is like, you know, next level types of stuff, but to be grateful for all of those things, the good, the bad, and everything in between, because it's gotten you to the place where you are right now. And I think that that is like a really powerful place to be. Cause I think a lot of times people look back and they regret different decisions. I know that like, I've definitely done that before. Like, I wish I would have done this when I was 20 years old, instead of waiting till 40, you know, or waiting till 30 or whatever it was. Right. I wish that I would have started running. I wish I would have enjoyed this. I wish this, you know, like, but we can't go back and change the past unless you guys have a time machine. And if so, please give me a call because I'd like, that'd be kind of fun to like play with, but like, unless you have a time machine, no, none of us are going backwards. Right. So we can look back on past events and say, you know, how negative they were. And if we think that they're negative, you're going to feel negative and it's going to pull you down, or you can choose to be grateful for those things for getting you to wherever you are today, which is a pretty darn good place. Yeah. I mean, this is the physical aspect of the story that you told uh, last week on this one of losing a job and trying to find gratitude in the moment. Sometimes it's a little difficult in the exact moment, but you can look back and try and project things. Looking back and saying, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that to my body. I wish that my body was in a different place a decade ago. Okay. But look at what you've done over the last decade. Now you can show appreciation. That's where my body was. And I've learned how to physically take it to where it currently is. Mm -hmm. And I can be grateful for that position because it helped me get to this position. Also, if anybody's getting a time machine, it's clearly you. Your name is actually Dr. Brown. So (laughs) clearly that's where the time machine comes from. Um, all right. I want to end this call. I want to wrap up today by having everybody share a win from this week. Um, congratulations, congratulations, Lori on your amazing race PR four minutes. That's incredible. Congrats to you. Um, but I would love you guys to either type it in the chat or come on live and just give us one win from this week. Um, we can wrap it up with team wins for the week. I'm, I'm grateful that Angie coaches the cross country team with me so that I was able to get my run in during practice yesterday because she took over the back end of practice. Yeah, that was fun. Hi, I'm just going to go in here. I am really um, so grateful for my run this weekend and all of the positive things that, um, you know, I just changed my thinking about, to, you know, look, listening to these uh, podcasts and you know, it did get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm going kind of fast. Maybe I should slow down. Um, I'm going to embrace, but I'm going to embrace this. And, you know, it could, running is, you know, it's okay to have some pain while I'm running. Yeah. And um, it's just, um, you know, and the belief, the belief that I have now in the program, you know, I, it took me a really long time to believe that I was going to get better. And I think that's probably the biggest win is that 
Um, now I believe in the program. Not, not that I didn't before, but okay. I see the results. I see the results. And just I just stuck with it and worked on it. And uh, it felt great. That's awesome. But I want to, I just want to say though, you believe you started believing before you had the results. And quite honestly, that was the key, right? Like you, you, you kept building that belief before you actually had the results because it's easy to believe in something after you already have the results, right? Like that's the easy thing to do, but like you were doing the hard thing of like, you kept working on that belief before you had the results because you started to trust us and listen to the process, which I I'm, I'm so grateful that you did that too. Um, but that's the reason that you got the results is because you, you started with the belief. And I, I just want to point that out because that's, that's all on you, which is awesome. That is, that is exactly it. You know, I, there was a time ago that you talked about setting A, B and C goals and, you know, I didn't think I would ever get my A goal. And you said, what if you believe that you can? And I started to believe, okay, I can get this A goal. Yeah. And um, so it was all, you know, changing my thinking and believing in myself and my work um, that it's been doing. So thank you. Yay, Lori. But yeah, I think that 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 question there too is like, what if I believed, right? Like that is such a powerful place to be also. It's just like starting to just question your brain a little bit because your brain's like, you can't do it. And you're like, but what if I could? Like not like you don't always have to go back full force of like, you're wrong. I can do this. I'm strong, right? You'd be like, okay, but what if I could? Like, and that just like little sense of curiosity is, is so powerful. All right. Sue said, my win is I'm starting to run in new places. I've always been afraid of getting lost or injured, but that's improving since I'm getting stronger. And of course my Garmin has that tracking feature. (laughs) There you go. Awesome. Being able to head out on new runs just makes running a whole heck of a lot more exciting. Like there's one thing about, you know, the same pace every day and mixing that up adds some excitement to it, but finding different loops like I have a variety of loops around our house and I stay within those for the most part, but at least I've got like five or six different loops that I do. And sometimes I'll get creative and try something totally different. It just makes it more entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Diane, what about you? Anything there? I I know Diane just did her, I think she said her 20th half marathon, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I had a couple of my running buddies from here down from South Florida that went up there and did that one as well. I wish I would have known you guys could have met up. That would have been fun. Oh, they did the Manchester city. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. They do the half or the full, the full, both of them did the full. Nice. Yeah. I hung around and spectated the full. Yeah. Um, I think my, my win there was I had a 15 mile training run on Sunday and I ran with a friend and did not race it. So I felt pretty good about (laughs) dialing it back and just fun and having a good time, petted all the dogs and, you know, it's just fun. That's probably the, probably the best I've had in a long time. uh, Although it was the slowest, but Hey, who cares? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes those ones are the best ones, right? Cause you can just like enjoy them for what they are instead of like, that need to like PR every single time you go out and run. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll let everybody go. Thank you for sharing your wins with us. Um, so we'll see you tomorrow at noon. If you guys are able to join us, we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.